0: It's how you work though, right? And and you say certain people that are successful have a a certain work ethic or a practice, right? So it's when that timing meets the opportunity, like you just have to be prepared for it. right? Um, So you work like you're already there so that when you get there, you just stay working and you don't fall off. You know what I mean? I think that's what everybody, nobody wants to fall off. Everybody says they wants to reach this peak and this point and level of success. But it's like when you get there, like I said, watching Kevin Hart, who. Probably could have a hundred people running around grabbing coffee doing extra activity for no reason just to because I'm a star and like super successful and still working like constantly
1: hot breath yo hot breath of ours we are back. I'm your favorite host comedian Joel Byers and you know what time it is. Hot breath. (sighs) Oh, welcome back. Hot breath episode 131 in full action now. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your time with me. We are back with your weekly dose of quality comedy content here. We are all about learning in the name of comedy. And today's guest is a mastermind in this comedy game. He not only has experience on the tv side of things but also in the comedy side of things he's also a dude who's seen me pretty much develop since day one along with many other comedians he's now producing comedy specials and he's more of a um behind the scenes kind of guy who is a little more on the quiet side and in all honesty we actually i actually got him to open up even more after the interview when the mics were off so i'm going to share some insight in the outro to A couple more things he shared with me just as we were talking as he was showing me around the studio and all that where he's taped the specials, but this is really, I've interviewed a bunch of comedians. It's always good to get behind the scenes people and seeing what it's like from their perspective, looking at comedians and really things that we can learn as comedians that we don't always think about, but you never know who's watching and you never know who's listening I would like to know, though, if you get a chance, hit me up at joelbyerscomedy.com or joelbyerscomedy on social media, at hotbreathpod on social media. These are on YouTube now. I'm always posting different video clips and iTunes review. You could also let me know on there how you, how you found me or what you think of the podcast, but that's enough. I'll see you again in the outro with a couple other things my guests shared with me, but until then... There is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath with Rod. You go, I'm here. Rod. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's some hot breath water for you. I, dig uh, it. I don't even know if that goes together. Hot breath water. <laughs> That's our sponsor. That's Fontis. Oh, no. It's called Fontis Water. Sweet. It's a local spring water. From the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Now we got the video ready. We we in here. We all the way out here. Word word. Raw Rose, welcome to the Hot Breath of my man. I'm I'm honored to be here. You're honored to be here. Yeah. Thanks, man. man. You're just you're a mover and shaker out here, and nobody really. You're like all the behind the scenes guy. Uh yeah. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> strategic strategic strategic. Yeah 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 what's your strategy
0: um well i started that way i i work in tv production behind the scenes uh-huh so i never wanted to really be like in the forefront um so that's kind of how that started i guess
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause we've been—you've uh, been seeing me since like day one, pretty much, like back in the Make Me Laugh Monday. Well, I didn't know that was day one, but wow, It was, a, <laughs> I was pretty much like that was like the first few months, early beginnings. Yeah, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> with the mustache and everything. Yeah, 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 And you've just still been doing it with this Make Me Laugh Media. Yeah, well, that
0: was more of the the change over change over from Make Me Laugh Monday, obviously trying to grow um, the band the brand from mm-hmm. bigger than a night to something more. So,
1: what are you trying to do with that? Uh, well,
0: when we did Monday at Cloud Nine for about six years, and then we did another year at um, Toppings on Whitehall, and after doing Monday, you do a night nice, like, well, what else can it be? Like, cause you can't just live off of a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind, you just kind of learn that from doing business. Like when you have a night and it lasts somewhere for so long, especially in Atlanta, um, cause places close, things get bought things of that nature and we don't own the building you don't control your night so we took that brand which would which had become to be like a a staple i guess Mm -hmm. for comedy um in atlanta and the people around the country because people would travel and be like oh i heard about this monday place
1: i remember seeing lil Um, rel there lunel came through i mean everybody (laughs) came to like the cloud nine show right right right
0: so with that um it kind of established the brand i was like well what can i do to since people are so familiar with make me laugh monday just switch the monday to media and continue to put out content or now we're just not limited to a monday i can mm-hmm. do other days other events and it's still
1: familiar to people what are you trying to what's like your goal with it because you said strategy so i'm sure you've got to have some strategy with this can you um, scoot in a little yeah, bit yeah. too so <laughs> get in this frame
0: sweet stand by so um like i said i started off behind the scenes so that was already. Right. The thing for me. And when we used to do Mondays, um, OD would always say to me, OD Odell would always mm-hmm. say, Man, what you gonna do to help make us famous? Because <laughs> he kind of knew, like, you know, I work behind the scenes <laughs> and all that. And I'm, good and it's, it, but it's a heavy task. Cause I'm like, we're just doing this open mic Monday thing. Right, right. I'm right. just happy to be here every week. You know, I, was, I work in production. So during those time periods, for sure, I was always on a show or, Or doing some other production and then just kind of seeing this night through Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm trying to figure out my own career (laughs) (laughs) we're just doing this right now right yeah but um at some point um you just kind of develop an affinity for all of the comics and what they're going through and it's like well what can i do that involves what i really do as a career to assist with these these um other people that i kind of have a passion for and and with and respect for the art in the craft, like I don't do comedy myself, but how can what I do help benefit those people? Yeah. So as my career has grown, I've been able to assist people and help them get on shows as maybe like behind the scenes as a writer or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, because you, comedy's so expansive, you don't just have to tell jokes on the stage if you don't want to, or if you need a role in a movie or whatever, like I'm just kind of middleman a lot of projects or introduce people to people to help push their career along. Um, so with Make Me Laugh Media, I was like, it, it essentially came from like um, just trying to give a plat- another platform Yeah, for people to have to showcase their, their talents and, and not having to wait for like, um, and this is not a knock to any of those people, but it's like you wait to get on Wilder now or you wait to get on Comedy Central or, or do something with Kevin Hart or whatever, any of the other people that are provi- providing
1: a platform. It's just like, we could just do it ourselves. Especially here in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've seen, because you've been in production since. Well, I mean, you even went to, you went to Clark for film and TV, right? Right, I mean, yeah. I started State off at well. Clark Atlanta,
0: and I graduated from Georgia State. Um, but Still stuck into the film. Yeah. And then I actually worked on the first season of Housewives of Atlanta. So I've seen production. Whoa. And what certain shows have meant to the city, to where we are today. Um, so I kind of seen it like when it first Kind of started to blossom. I mean, there's was was a couple boom. of shows before Housewives of Atlanta, but I, that that one kind of put the eyes of white America and other people, white America, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <But> um, at- <laughs> for sure.
1: But Atlanta's known as also like the Black Hollywood, is what I've heard it. Yeah,
0: called. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I guess I guess that's just come from if you look at all of the any show that has an Atlanta franchise, that show does better than the rest of them. So you look at Housewives of Atlanta, that that particular franchise does better than the rest of the housewives franchises love and hip-hop atlanta does better than the other love and hip-hop franchises mm-hmm. um and there's others so most of them do better here so i guess that's kind of helped propel like there's just a lot of talent that's kind of curated here a lot of people move here for opportunity so
1: even from music and even like well music kind of started everything right yeah that's the whole city seems to be and i'm <laughs> sure you've seen the evolution of the city too right 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 right, right. Like, where where was it, and then what have you seen it growing into? Um, to be honest with you,
0: we're still in such, like, baby stages oh, of, yeah? of where it can go. Uh-huh. Um, when you see people putting up all these studios all over the city and kind of on the outskirts, it's like, all right, this thing's not going to slow down anytime soon. But, like, we're still not close to where it is in L.A. Like, in L.A. or Hollywood, the the town adapts to the film industry because it pumps so much money into that community. Everybody kind of gets it, right? Here, the city is still kind of growing itself. So it's not like it 100% bends to the film industry. Mm. Like there's still a little, you know, um, the politics behind everything and getting permits for stuff. And like all this stuff is just now starting to be like a thing, whereas before you could just kind of go out running, and you still kind of can here. But like, if you're in LA and you're outside and you put down a tripod, like somebody's gonna tap you on your shoulder. Right. And ask you for your permit and, and all of that. It's not like that here yet. Yeah, you still get um, gorilla with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. is that good?
0: Um, everybody has to get their money. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, it's just I guess it's what you do with money. like I said, the industry dictates what happens in LA and mm-hmm. Hollywood. It doesn't dictate what happens here yet. Yeah. Or there's not it's not like a lot of um, I mean, there's a lot of acceptance to it, but people, for example, I'll I take it like, um, if you go into an establishment and you say, hey, we're with Housewives of Atlanta and we want to tape here, some people are going to say, oh my God, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want those people in here fighting. They like, just automatically think something negative mm-hmm. based off whatever they might have seen. They might even be thinking about another show, but they'll just be like, oh no, I don't want that in here, right? And then I've been places where it's like elegant and somebody's walk, doing a walkthrough for a wedding and it's like, oh my God, this is where so-and-so uh, tried to slap so-and-so, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the wedding here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like,
0: uh, yeah.
1: you know, <laughs> Right, right, right. So it's all intertwined in the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, how, it, how do you see comedy in like the film growing here? How do you see the comedy scene growing?
0: It, it's just going to take um, Well, I, I think it is, it's it's already grown, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to make it like that. There's a lot of, of prominent talent that comes from here. They just don't really get their shot, I guess, so to speak, until you get to a LA or New York to get on a, a certain platform, yeah. and then you represent Atlanta like that. Um, it'll really take more just original content coming from here and people respecting that. So that's kind of Like, like you said, when you asked me about Make Me Laugh Media, that's kind of what it is. It's like why leave and go to LA or New York when we're here? There's capable there's capable people um, that can produce content that looks just as good as everything else that's out there, and we don't have to go chase a television show that's already in production. You, you know, we can just have our own and put out your own content. Everything for me is about being independent. Um, hmm. When you work when you work on a, a certain level with uh professional people and you get credits on television shows and movies and all that and you kind of get to see the ins and outs of the business and certain pitfalls you, you really see that the people that took their career in their own hands f- end up better off in the long run than somebody mm-hmm. that took opportunities or waited for something to come to them
1: yeah and you've worked on a couple kevin hart productions
0: yeah, I did um, "Heart of the City" last year with Comedy Central. Uh, that's Joey Wells' uh, brainchild and Kevin Hart's um, vessel, I guess so to speak for the show. Um, that's a great experience. And we did. I did a couple other things with those guys um, for Kevin's tour. Now we did the um, promo for the bus and then the um, private jet promo. We
1: did that in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did What did you learn just being in his orbit?
0: So kind of having this com- comedian background and running around the, uh, in Atlanta, you, you get, you know, you kind of get to see how people operate and exactly. and what that's like. So then, to be honest with you, working with Kevin Hart, you just have a whole new respect for what it takes to operate on that level. Because he's literally working every day. And like, not, not like small work, little work, like big, like one day movie, next day my own show, next day tour, like every single day Mm -hmm. so you have a whole new respect for somebody that really works like that and and helps put his team in position and everybody around them and they have like just such a positive vibe like it's not it's not a bad day on set even with because production itself comes with a lot of things that people never see and things go wrong and you always kind of gotta push through to bring together the project but um to have a a boss that's like always in a good spirit and um, what do you want to say? Always in a good spirit. And also like, doesn't allow negative energy. Hmm. Like if something, if somebody says something negative, it's automatically like, nah, we can't look at it like that. This is how we should take it. Or like, what's the solution more or less? You know what I mean? Um, you don't really see that all the
1: time. Like
0: with somebody that's that big of a star. It's like,
1: yeah, that's almost like the X factor, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. And operating at that level, I would imagine organization is key. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and you coming from the production side, Absolutely. and even the the production I've done, it's it can be hit or miss on if this is, all right, we need you for two hours a day, and then two hours later you haven't even started. And it's well, even like,
0: even to see wow. that stuff happen, right? Like, yeah. um, like I said, he's always busy, and the time that he has is valuable. So right. it, it'll literally, sometimes we know we're doing something big and maybe we've been planning to shoot this for a week. And it's like, yeah, we got two hours with Kevin. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or <laughs> well, four hours with Kevin. Right, 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 right. So did you know that the moment that man shows up, he's but he's ready to work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to wait and not like, not like to wait in that one, not, man, that's what it's gonna lead to later. It's like, when you even seeing somebody like that, that is a moment where something's held up production, but this is a commitment you've made for your network or whatever, you kind of got to put your personal stuff to the side and push through to get the shots they need for this, um, this investment into your own brand. And it's like, wow, like um, he really, really takes that stuff into consideration. You just don't see it. Like sometimes if somebody has to leave at a certain time, it's like, I'm out of here. I don't care what's going on, but like, but it's your show. You know <laughs> what I mean? You, you'd be surprised how many people have a show. Everybody's like, oh, I want a show on TV. They have a show I and mean, there's all this money that goes into making this show and people and we have a call time. And we're coming to shoot you and follow you and whatever it is you say that you do and you get there. It's like, oh, well, so-and-so doesn't want to film today. Um, whatever, whatever. And there's like no real reason. Whoa. And you're like, but we're here for, for this is your show. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go back the next day and you're like, so-and-so doesn't want to film today either because of whatever, whatever. And then it'd be like, all right. But it's your show so then yeah. the show gets canceled and next thing you know in in public mm-hmm. oh the network they they make it just so hard and they da da I'm like but we showed up to your house every day and you didn't want to work
1: it's funny to see behind the scenes and i've even i even learned that in doing this podcast for oh, like right, right. over 130 episodes now and just interviewing people of different levels and different experiences and different success and it's just the really successful people have certain habits that maybe the people who I'm like, Oh man, why aren't they more famous? And then I meet them and there's always a reason. There's yeah, yeah. always <laughs> a reason they're not where like their perceived value is to me. There's always a reason they're not at that level.
0: Um, well, like here's the thing. A hundred percent. Yes. That there's usually if there's somebody in there is just like immensely talented and. You can't figure it out most of the time it's them um the other part of that and the keyword in that sentence is time like mm. you the timing part is really not up to you because um whereas you might see somebody like oh my god that that person's amazing they're funny you know they they're doing their whole one too it might be five years before they get their real break right you'd be right. like well i knew five years ago that this person was supposed to be here but it's not really up to you or me like things have to come together However they come together, when the universe aligns to give or to break forth certain opportunities. No matter how much effort or energy you put into certain things, like the, the X factor is
1: always going to be time. Mm. Okay. I guess I was done a little shade there. My bad. I <laughs> not even given, giving these people more credit than I was. Like I haven't even met them, but Joel, it's time. Okay. Just you got to let it, you got to let it simmer. Well, the, but that's it's how you work
0: though, right? And, and you say certain people that are successful have a, a certain work ethic or a practice, right? So it's when that timing meets the opportunity, like you just have to be prepared for it. Right. Um, So you work like you're already there so that when you get there, you just stay working and you don't fall off. You know what I mean? I think that's what everybody, nobody wants to fall off. Everybody says they wants to reach this peak and this point and level of success. But it's like when you get there, like I said, watching Kevin Hart, who probably could have a hundred people running around, grabbing coffee, doing extra activity for no reason, just because I'm a star and like, super successful
1: and still working like constantly yeah not being dramatic about it Nah, not at all just moving forward the entire time
0: even when personal things happen that
1: become public yeah still the same person and you've seen i can't even imagine how many comedians you've seen over the years like what are you what are some big mistakes you're seeing comics making whether from the business side or just how they conduct themselves personally there are any major th- um, things you can follow well i don't when you, when you see people in so many spaces right um
0: i don't i don't really have room for judgment in mm-hmm. terms of like
1: there you go again i'm sorry man you're <laughs> you're like the voice of reason here i'm like looking for stuff and you're like well Joel,
0: come on now perspective well, well no nah, it's not it's not that it's like everybody um comedians are artists right mm-hmm. and sometimes some comics are like artists artists they don't do business and then yeah. there are some comics that have a nice duality and they do good business or know how to do the business of themselves and the art part, right? And the, all that shit don't really all mix. So I respect that a comedian that's just an artist, artist, and know, hey, this business part of it, it's not really my one-two. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, like I have a manager or agent or somebody that kind of helps with my dealing so that I can focus on the art aspect of it because it's a, it's a lot like nobody there's not like a degree you can go get and say hey i want to be a comedian mm-hmm. and here's the one two step and here's how i'm gonna be successful it doesn't really work like that yeah and everybody's journey is different so like even working in production i tell people this all the time everybody like well, how did you get started and xyz everybody's story is different
1: and it's it being a comedian and just in show business in general it is two jobs like the show is a job and then the business side is also a job And building up the the brand identity and what you actually want to do and all that so it's i think with a lot of us organization is a big piece of just kind of meandering and it's like oh i want to i want to be on tv and then it's like okay well what are you doing to get there like what are the actionable steps you're taking to get there are you someone who will create like a destination and then reverse engineer it right um
0: I, I guess maybe goal setting is important. Yes. Right? Um, yes, yes, And I, I'm not sure how everybody does their... What I see work for people is just at least having an attainable goal or something that even is unattainable, right? What is you, or seemingly is unattainable. Like if you're just starting today and saying, hey, I want to be on tour with whoever, like that might be seemingly unattainable today. <laughs> right. So it's more of a long-term thing. So it's having something that's attainable in the near to immediate future and applying steps to get to that point. Um, And also understanding, like, where you say something like, oh, I want to get on television. You might get on television once. Right. Like, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And then there are some comedians that aren't on TV and they tour regularly. Do you want that? Like, there's of Like, fame doesn't come with money.
1: (sighs) Ooh, yeah. Followers aren't dollars.
0: And money doesn't come with instructions. Mm -hmm. So you could feasibly attain both and you could feasibly lose both right yeah so it's what are what really what what is it about um success what does success really mean to a person so that's kind of what it's about most people antiquate success with money and that's not always the case like i said money doesn't come with instructions so it doesn't really matter at at, to a degree right i mean it takes money to make money it takes money to do stuff but overall what whatever your legacy is like once you die your money means nothing
1: so (laughs) it's valid yeah um so when you say setting goals short term are you will you do like weekly goals a monthly goal or three month goals how do you break that down well for me
0: right um well i'll make it make sense in in regards to comedy and maybe like make me laugh and that'll make sense for you um there there really there wasn't really a goal with Monday it it it, or it organically happened and once I got into it um well we started the night with Vanessa Fraction I just double all the way back right yeah
1: yeah. so that's
0: how it came to came to pass I was working on the Monique show Uh huh. Um, this was the second season Vanessa became a writer on the Monique show on the second season and she was looking for a place to throw her birthday party and on the Monique show at the time, to say it's about 100 to about 150 staff people that worked in and about at any given time to make the show, right? And Vanessa was talking to people about throwing her party and she kept hearing my name. Like, well, if you want to throw your party here, you got to go to Rod. Talk to Rod. He's from here. He knows somewhere. And this only came about because a lot of people that worked on the Monique show at the time were from LA or New York. Dallas it was just a lot of people were just new to Atlanta so Atlanta was just like a smorgasbord for everybody from out of town to yeah. hang out go do stuff see places whatever and hearing about I would be like the person that people would come to for suggestions on where to go
1: what to do oh you were the plug yeah so to speak you're the plug. Right? <laughs>
0: so if we shot stuff outside of um the Monique show was done at Turner when we shot things outside of Turner I was the um coordinator for like where we would go and meeting the people and all that kind of oh, thing.
1: That sounds annoying. That sounds like a pain.
0: Nah, it's part of the job. You get paid to do it. It's not that bad, right? Yeah, true. True <laughs> that. It's, it's Voice a of more reason over shit here. Going on.
1: The Reasonable Rod Rhodes. Hilarious. Um,
0: <laughs> so we link up, and I'm like, there's this place I used to do a spoken word and poetry night some years back. I don't know who owns it now, but we could just go by and check it out. And that place was Cloud Nine. Um, we go check out Cloud9, she likes the venue, we we have her birthday party there. Mm. Her birthday party is like a huge success, there's um a, a good amount of people that came out. Like I said, we was on the Monique show at the time, so though the staff members, plus a lot of Vanessa's friends and family, it was just like a real kick-ass party, right? So we're there, and she's like, I think I want to do my comedy show here. I was like, all right, we'll set up a meeting with the owner and try to work it out. And literally we met with the owner like that following Monday or Tuesday and he was in agreement with it. He had, he'd already saw the people that come out for the party, so it wasn't a question of did we have like some sort of following or at least an audience of people mm-hmm. that would come watch the show. And that led to make me laugh Monday. 100% fell in my lap. I knew nothing about comedy or comedy shows or hmm anything of that nature. And I didn't want to do it a disservice. So literally, I would hang out with Vanessa every day. And Go to comedy shows. Like I got a whole new respect for comedy, hanging out with Vanessa every night. And watching like all the rooms people go up in and no money and driving oh, all over the city. I was like, yo, this shit is
1: crazy. Yeah, Like you
0: really have to love it to want to do it and say, I'm a comedian. This is my profession. Like. You really have to put in the hours. You can't cheat the stage. Mm-hmm. You can't outsmart the work. <laughs> yeah, like there's no yep. Instagram, Vine, Twitter is <laughs> like not going to save you when you get on stage. It's not gonna save you. You can't even pull up old tweets and recite that. <laughs> it's not gonna save you. All right? So it ain't safe. It ain't safe. <laughs> <laughs> and so much so I would be with Vanessa. They were like, "Are you a comedian? Are you a comedian?" So after a while, once everybody figured out I wasn't really a comedian and that kind of died down, I just really began to appreciate what it took to perform. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I went to Clark Atlanta um, early in college, and I used to do a lot of stage plays and manage and stage manage back oh, then. Oh, so you were
1: doing, like, production back then? and Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. So, with that, um, I have just the respect for live art and entertainment in general. With TV and movies and all of that, you know, you can always shoot it over, or get that person to step back outside and come in even though sometimes you work on a TV show people lose their fucking mind like oh my god this person just walked in and we missed it I'm like shit have them come back outside <laughs>
1: <laughs> the voice of reason again You just have them come outside yeah but they
0: be scared to ask your favorite reality superstars to come back outside to walk back in so that they look better
1: uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that is a little in. weird it happens <laughs> let me see if this is so, wow that's funny cool my bad where was i no you're good we were just talking about pretty much goal setting and then oh so, how make me laugh media um bloomed. like i said
0: I, while i'm i'm doing this i'm on this comedic journey now it's like my journey right mm-hmm. and even though i work in production and all this stuff i'm like how do i make this make sense and it I, it didn't i never wanted to come across like i was Uh, pimping people out for their talents or trying to use you to do something for me so that I can make some money or look better. It was always like, what can I do that helps us make some money, right? And Mm -hmm. it just paints you in a better light. So in that regard, that's why I took the backseat role. I never wanted to be the forefront of what I was doing. Like Monday night was bigger than me, Hmm. right? So then when you turn Make Me Laugh Monday to Make Me Laugh Media, the brand has to be bigger than whatever I'm doing. So that was important for me to be more behind the scenes, um, at least to kind of help push it out there. Because I didn't want, um, like if somebody has a personal dislike for me for whatever reason, I wouldn't want that to have a bearing on them making a decision for my company, which would affect somebody else.
1: And you're in the producing a lot of shows you've done beyond just the Cloud9, you've produced a lot of other shows. When you're approaching a venue, how does that talk go down? What what do you discuss? What I'd even approach it. Well, it's it's
0: it's it's twofold, right? So if I say um, we shot the comedy specials on the soundstage, I made a we just it became a thing where it's like I I wanted to produce these specials, and th- the whole big thing is like where, because where is like a the where is a character in your production. Yeah. Mo- no different than Make Me Laugh Monday in that basement setup. Was a character in the night. I was able to move Make Me Laugh Monday, but it never was the same. It was a different character. Because
1: it's a different character. But when you produ- when you approached uh, Toppings about moving mm-hmm. Make Me Laugh Monday, what did you dis- did you just like go in there and they're like, we used to do it here, and then how do you discuss? Yeah, then, yeah. Well, I mean, um, how do you walk that line, and even like the money side of it as well? Because a lot of people. Especially comedians are like, I want to start a show, but I don't even know how. Shit, man. Well, one. (laughs) Lesson
0: lesson number two for the day, guys. Don't do it for the money. Roll them out, (laughs) Rod. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for the money, man. Um, Mondays at at Cloud Nines was was amazing. Mm -hmm. Never was about the money, man. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, that's what I'm saying. When I first started and going out and seeing how all this worked, I saw how much money in people's relationships with kind, it wouldn't be a lot of money. So I was like, "Well, shit, I work in TV already. I don't really need like the money from this night. Like it's not like paying my bills or you know, so. If I can just make a little bit of money and pay people, and we can just keep the night going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the night itself was a character and it meant something to the community of comedy, right? So the Monique show gets canceled, and Vanessa moves, right? And I'm like, "Well, shit, if she leaves." I guess we're not doing the night no more, right? Right, right. But then other comics are coming to me like, hey, so we're still doing Monday, right? Like, and I'm like, well, shit, the way the people looked at me, I was like, oh, this this really means something. And I guess it's up to me to make sure we keep it going so that it continue to mean something yeah. for everybody um, that's involved. And when Vanessa comes back, she just jumped right back into it or whatever, right? So at, it was, it was kind of like that moment for me where I was like, oh, shit, I got to take this serious." fast forward we end up in this place for like six years and um to your point in dealing with the venue i just really got lucky it's like a fucking crapshoot and rolling good dice in fucking vegas to have a venue that's understanding and willing to grow with you as Mm. they grow because there was a lot of nights um for example when we first started it was no cover it was free it was free parking and the parking lot looked like a fucking zoo and there was people in in the in the venue. It was like wall to wall. Do the night amazing night, good comedy, like just the most random shit happening. You know, a good Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The business side of it, we make it was like you have those nights and we make no money.
1: Oh, not zero. not a dime.
0: And the venue, like in just terms clean of, up? like not not the venue cleaning up, but we wouldn't make the number that we needed to make to split with the venue. Oh, we had a um. We had a deal with the with the bar sales and the food sales. Gotcha. Okay. With this particular
1: setup. Yeah, because every every sometimes it'll be a door deal. Sometimes it is food and beverage. Yeah, so we weren't charging. It was just like an open mic thing. Right, 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 right. And I'm like, well, shit. Like in when
0: in the moment, I'm like, man, it's a lot of people in here. We gotta be doing this, all right. And then like when you get the number, it's like, you sure? And you and you replay. It's like, well, shit. Nobody really was drinking. Mm. right and then so now you get why when you go to establishments they're encouraging people to drink because sometimes people just need that reminder like yes you're enjoying the show it's free to get in support the establishment so the establishment can continue to support the night like it all plays in some sort of a factor. so then it's like well you have an audience but your audience doesn't spend money boom
1: <laughs> boom
0: so then I started to have to learn the business. Like I was already, like I said, like I work in the business of production. Um, a lot of people, title, titles get shit confused in people's heads. Like you think, even myself, when I started production, I was like, oh, I want to be a producer. I want to be a producer. I want to be a producer. Like it just sounds like the shit, but it's like, well, really, what is a producer? And if you really, really break it down, um, even the executive producer, a producer might be the person that just put the money up. They might not give a shit about the project. They might just look at it like a, a good gamble, put my name on it, and that's it. Hey, you're a producer.
1: Hmm.
0: A producer might be the person that wrangles and deals with talent and all that and everything that comes with that. Hey, you're a producer. A producer might be, or executive producer rather even, might be the person or the lawyer who drafted up the legal agreements. He might not know shit about TV, but he knows about contracts. And you need them and you couldn't afford them, so you offered them a producer credit.
1: <laughs> and that carries over
0: yeah you two now are an executive producer welcome gotcha right um i work in most productions as a production manager and the stuff that i do independently i'm a producer i guess if you want to say all that i still play a multitude of roles but um in learning the business of production i know how to put together a show and a budget and what it really takes to execute it xyz blah 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 so then, I had to apply that same methodology to comedy. Yeah, because now I'm like, well, shit, I'm not funny, <laughs> <laughs> right? I might be silly. I can make a couple girls laugh or something like that, but I'm not on stage <laughs> telling jokes to millions of people, thousands, or on my phone, none of that. Like, I don't really live that kind of life. Yeah. So, I I have to, res- I, but I respect the art of it. But as a as a, if I'm gonna play a role in 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 the world, then I have to. Maintain and manage and learn the business of it, right? Yes. So um, then it's like, okay, we well, should now how to figure out how to build an audience and and that kind of thing. How do you do that? Well, for me personally, I focus on when this any show I do, any production, it's all about quality, man. Like and giving people something to take home that they want to spend their money for to come back and tell a friend. And that's about an experience like you could have a a dope show and a good night, but that good night means nothing if they don't come back. Exactly. So you have to give them experience to want to come back.
1: Um, I focus on that with everything. Do you do in terms of getting that retention and people coming back and telling people? how how do you stay in their mind is it the show do you collect emails to remind them so what is the system i am a thousand
0: percent horrible with the email thing i okay. could i can do better um okay but like like I, it's i understand my world right like i said i work right. in, in tv production that's my whole thing i'm not really like uh because sometimes and then, but you 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 label people and it's, it's that's why i try to be careful of like labels um because then some people will say well hey you're the promoter of the show and like promoter always does not have like the best connotation and it's like i get what you see me as for doing this but i don't look at myself like promoter like um cloud nine really spread through word of mouth man like word of mouth okay it, but that's that happens when you
1: have some good shit like quality yeah people want to talk about or
0: the caliber of people right so like some mondays it might be five people in there or ten people right but if one of them are my friends. They might be a producer from a show that's looking to put a comedian in a whatever. So it doesn't matter that night if it's ten people in there. If it if somebody got on stage and they got an opportunity to go on a television show later, like it's kind of like the quality of it still, um, and always kind of stand true to that, no matter how many people are there. Because the comedians have to do that. If you got paid a thousand dollars to do a show and you're in front of five people, are you going to give them less of a show? Right. No. <laughs> So, the, so the same thing always applies. Like when you're putting something out, the energy you put into it, it just always has to be backed by quality. Um, you you can't always control people and their sentiments and when they come out. But if they hear about it, right? If it's only five people and they heard about it, um, then and they heard about it in a good cont- in a good context, like not like oh man, there's only five people there it's whack. It's like yo, it's five people here. It's the best show I've ever been to. More people need to know about
1: this. Boom. In time management, as we kind of referred to, you talking about the power of time, you're working in the TV side, but then also this comedy side. How organized are you? How so do you delegate I, time? Um, it's, it's, def-
0: it's certainly a challenge to try to create something out of nothing and, and get people to even watch it, right? So with, with TV production and time, I was, I was in a situation with a company where I was working like six days a week for about three years and when I say six days I mean six 12 hour days at least sometimes more and then my only off day would be uh, was Sunday but I would do Monday so I'm starting my week Monday you know we get out of there like one two in the morning I
1: I rarely stayed the whole. I probably (laughs) never did actually I was like I don't need to be out here this late over here so I'm staying and
0: this is the start of my week like this Monday and then I'm waking up at the crack of dawn and dealing with Whatever comes with uh, production, so I at some point, like I said, OD would ask me, "What? How am I going to help you?" I'm like, "I can barely help myself. Like I'm just trying mm-hmm. to keep through to keep the shit going." Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, I took a, a chance on myself um, and and jumped out, and we created the first comedy special in in the series that we have with a uh, fat man, DZ, almost sober, and when we did that. And the hat you got. And the, the hat. hat, I got the hat on. Let him yep. see
1: the hat. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, actually, Fat Man had come to me a year prior to us even setting this up, right? And he had he had the place and every he had the idea for it. He just wanted me to be a part of it, wow, right? Wow. Okay. And every everything didn't come together how it how we had had envisioned. So, and then I'm working. So as time goes by, you kind of like it was a great idea. We should have done it, but you know stuff didn't happen. And I was in the studio at my office one day and we just kind of had an epiphany. Like, why don't we do the, you want to shoot a special here? I had my, one of my guys works with me, Rodney Bree Love. He's a director of photography on a lot of hit shows in Atlanta. Um, very good guy to know. But he works with me on the regular. So he was like, we could do it here. And I was like, if he can see it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know we can put it together. Let me call Fat Man see if he's still interested. So I called him, um, and we hadn't even—he had already kind of given up, so to speak. It's Maybe one like months prior, yeah. Have yeah.
1: Just pass, like the weather, yeah. So I'm
0: like, "Hey, man, look, I got a spot. Um, you want to do it?" He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "We're going to do it
1: in three weeks." <laughs> oh man, <laughs> 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 prep your special taping in three weeks. Yeah, no get, bullshit. Get and, but
0: it's, it's prepping everything though, because for so now I'm doing two jobs, right? Because it's like you're promoting the show. And, we're, we're, and now, cause like we're trying to get people to come, we did it at a secret location and all that. And so, you're trying to get people to come to something that they don't know what the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one. But but to Pat Man's credit, he was already ready, like mentally for what he was going to say and do and all that. And I hadn't, I didn't even know what he was going to do. You know, I watch people all the time and go out and see you, but I, mean, I don't know what you're going to do for an extended period of time. But we just had a lot of faith in the in the project. And i had a lot of faith in him as an individual so that's why i approached him with it Boom. Um, before so with, with that um we we struck and it hit we sold out it was uh pretty much standing room only in the venue and it was a great time it was a great experience i catered it um there's drinks so because of for me like i said the business of comedy always not so caught up in the money, it was make sure that everybody had a good experience. If oh, people come into an venue and they're fed, because we didn't tell people there was gonna be food. And I had like, you know, I had a dope chef, Chef Marlowe, shout out to him. Oh yeah, I've worked
1: with Chef Marlowe.
0: Um yeah, yeah. And Chef Marlowe he does he's done all my events thus far. So I just, 'cause I, I'm in doing productions, it's important to have like a, a good team and a nice formula so that if you need to repeat it you can just bring back the same people and the same Uh energy
1: formula yeah you can almost just plug it in absolutely absolutely interesting
0: um so we we came together we did fat man's taping and it was it was amazing like i got a bunch of people to work with me um i had to pay some people and a lot of people did a lot of favors and i'm still very appreciative but it that was the only time like where that was the first time me myself putting something together for you know a presentation taping and all that, and hiring people and friends and just getting everybody to come together to do something for me because everybody believed in Fat Man and just the concept the idea of doing it, and when we did it and it was over, um, like I said it was a, it was a, it was a success as far as what you would look at you know a lot of people showing up Fat had a great performance. Um, and all of that. But I had people that had worked with me for years that I've paid a lot of money to work on other shows and all that to kind of help me out for free. And they were hitting me up the days after telling me, thank you. Wow. I'm like, man, I made you like over six figures somewhere. Like nobody's, you never, never told me thank you then. Like, you know, that's, that's just work, right? So you never yeah. take that personal. But this was something that they just did that was organic and of their own free will. And they took their time to come out and like work and everybody had a good time. And it was like, you can create the environment that you want to work in with the people that you want to work with and create a dope project and the money you like will come. Hmm. But you have to be prepared for when the money comes, because if the money and you're not prepared. There's not a system in place. There's not a formula. There's not like if somebody come to me tomorrow with with two million dollars, like, hey, we want to do four more or five more of them tapings. Like I don't want to be I don't need to be scrambling around trying to figure out it's like all right I well I know the people that can make it happen because we've already done it. So um
1: Yeah, and the when you're talking about quality, these these specials look amazing. Like top to bottom, just production quality, but then also editing and even the titles and the graphics you guys do. Like it's this is a this is a legit production.
0: Well, um thank you. As you mentioned before, Joe, I'm the plug. Um <laughs> I've worked very hard to get this Del far, plug. and um, I have some extensive favors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be able to call in and and to produce such a, a a thing on a certain level, right? Right. Um. But that's what I said. Like a a, a lot of people believed in the project, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have worked with me professionally. So it was just like, yeah, I'm with this, and whenever you're doing it, I want to do it, right? So. Um, it's it's been a journey but i'm still learning the business myself like i still work on all these other productions and right. whatnot so it's like i had to really take a break from um, television and taking certain shows and projects cuz it'll take so much out of me i can't put it into the company
1: oh so you're st- you're thinking about making the transition from um, like tv well, to like the media all well, the
0: time uh no <laughs> no okay that's what it kind of sounded like you were well I mean the the, the goal is to, the goal is to certainly get there absolutely uh, no but um, <laughs> in the meantime well because that's how like it's, it's how I tell people like this all the time like TV production if you say you want to do it and it's it's 100% freelance right um, if I'm not working there is no money coming in right and these shows that I worked on have afforded me the ability and in, in, in the financial capital to support and produce these these comedy specials right yeah, this is self-made yeah 100%, yeah. Self-made, 100% independent um, there are no investors or silent drug dealer partners or anything of that nature <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> but you have to believe in your project right so when you say the quality like I made sure the quality would be there like any hundred percent somebody could copy my idea and run off with it. It's, I can guarantee you it's not gonna be better even just like
1: from a product quality standpoint.
0: You can get the same camera. Yeah. <laughs> but the execution. You know, like the editor, um, shot of the the editor, my guy Gus, he works on a lot of the shows that people watch on. Like my friends are just people that make this stuff on a regular. Yeah. So it's like you might have a friend editor, but he might not have the skill set right. that's gonna bring you that extra polish mm-hmm. um for what you need to present something. So for me, that's what it was. It was like, why wait? why wait on Wildin' Out? Why wait on Kevin Hart? Why wait on someone to give you an opportunity that you can create for yourself, or at least work with me to create, and I'm going to give you the look that these people can get, at least like, bare quality, you know what I mean?
1: And you've done two more. Yeah, I've done two more. more, we fraction, did um, Vanessa Fraction, A
0: Fraction of the Truth, mm-hmm. and we did um, Tyler Chronicles, Hi, I'm Tyler. And everybody has the goal for me was this, like like I said, I didn't want my company to be bigger or my name to be bigger than the person. And with, if you do a comedy presentation, I like call it comedy presentation, not necessarily mm. comedy special. Interesting. It's a presentation, um, but you're presenting the person and, and the goal for me subconsciously was to make sure that people got to know these people individually and not like from somebody else. Like you're not, oh, you're the person that was on. Kevin Hart, so and so, or you're the person like, no, I'm Vanessa Fraction, or I'm Tyler Chronicles, or I'm Batman D's. Like, whatever your name is, should be in, in the big lights. Whatever the title of your, like, let's get to know you. So that's what the concept was more or less like, um, let's make it a presentation where people get to know you. Hmm. I'm not going to limit you how it, if we were doing this for like TV or Comedy Central, there's going to be some limitations. Yeah. Whether it's time, whether it's language, w- whether it's whatever, right? Um, at Tyler's, we gave out free joints at the end. I don't know if anybody's seen that clip. I did
1: see that. He's like, you get a joint, you get a joint, yeah, you get yeah, a joint, you like, get
0: a joint. For me, it was like creating the moment. Yes, something memorable. Something memorable, something you could take home with you. I mean, obviously, you can take a home joint. Taking home a joint at a comedy show is like um, <laughs> you know, an extra bonus treat or whatever, but- <laughs> I know hundred percent. No network is gonna let you do that. Totally. That's so very memorable is it's like um, just just put my best foot forward. Like I said, being this is my time to apply what I do professionally, with to to attach it to the comedy to really kind of show the world, so to speak, um, and not just be so behind the scenes. Like a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people know me and I work with a lot of people and all that, but I'm not like a prominent. Face like I still can slide in places and nobody knows. Yeah, of
1: that, I don't know. You're the plug, right? Right. As right. You said. <laughs> well, are you gonna do more? What is your what's your game um, plan,
0: man? Well, this is kind of a step in that direction. So, like I said, I'm humbled by this this uh, um, appearance on the Hot Breath podcast. Yeah. So this is like a step in that direction to be more, I guess, uh, visual and vocal. Uh-huh. But but like I said, the name of Make Me Laugh Media or Make Me Laugh Monday so precedes itself. That when I have conversations with people, if they don't know who I am, of course they know Vanessa Fraction and definitely they've heard of the night. So, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, if you, especially if you're in Atlanta, but even outside of Atlanta, when I go to LA and I go to New York and I'm hanging out with comics, they're so familiar. Like you said, so many people have come through that room. Yeah. Um, and it was, like I said, it was a blessing. So, for me, it wasn't a plan. There was not like a, I'm jumping in the comedy game and this is what I wanna do. It was like this is kind of um I don't know, it's like it's like God for real. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and paying attention to the omens, like why would I be giving why would I be put in the space not to do something more with it? So you just kinda of figure out what like the goals kinda of came after I got
1: into the yeah, the cycle, I guess. Now that you're in the cycle, where do you see it spinning?
0: Well, I watched um, was this Breakfast Club interview, what was Neil, Neil, um, what's my man's name? Dave Chappelle's writing partner. Neil Brennan. There we go. And he's saying that uh, Shaq was the in- number one ind- independent distributor of urban comedy for like five years in a row. I was like, shit, could I be like number five? Oh, <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. But in order to play in the game, you have to get in the game.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? You have to have something to show people. So I wanted to, one, get into the game and at least put something out. Thank you for the, uh, the compliments. But, yes, we have spent countless hours to make sure the quality of everything that we produce it shows. looks a certain it way. It's
1: incredible. Um,
0: and shit, just continuing to do that so that when by the time that people really catch up, even when they go back to the beginning, it's like, well, shit, it looked great from the beginning. Yep.
1: And you're and you're having them shown premiering at Plaza Theater, like well, yeah. So the part every of that, step of the way, is that the whole quality thing man. was
0: like, um, like I said, the business of comedy isn't always about the money; it's about the experience, right? So that's gold, man. That's something um, people need to remember more. I said when we tape it, I made it sure that it was a certain way, but I was like, when we show it it's better to just do it in a theater, man. Like when you, when you experience and watch comedy, how people receive comedy, even at a nightclub, um, it's, it's so many distractions. It's waitresses and hecklers and just so many other X factors that you can't even plan for, mm-hmm. right? But when you show something in a the theater, it forces people to pay attention automatically, right? And I literally, I, sometimes I sat in the audience And um, I'll use this one as an example, right? Shout out to Tyler Chronicles. At Tyler's premiere, um, I was sitting behind some some women, and they were like, oh, my God, I never really paid that much attention to him at the Monday night. He is so funny. (laughs) And I was like, damn, Monday was going on. Tyler was hosting for, like, three years at least. Yeah. And people would come, and obviously this person had been there, Mm -hmm. and she never really gave him a chance. But since now, you're in this new environment. And you're forced to just kind of pay attention and really get to know Tyler at that time, and she was taken aback. So I was like, "Well, shit, it's the experience." Because if we would never had this experience, she would have never gave him even an opportunity. So now this person's a new fan, right? <laughs> and when we're promoting, "Hi, I'm Tyler," that same person would be like, "Oh, I saw this. it's funny." You know. So, mm-hmm. but that's because that experience was created
1: in this theater environment. So. I love your focus on like the business being more about the experience than the actual money, but experience doesn't pay the bills. Exactly. So that's why I have to keep working in television, Joe. That's why I told you. Boom. Okay. <laughs> that's the balance. Because that is cool, and it's it's a very romantic idea of how to operate in a business sense. But at the end of the day, there's got to be some sort well, of return.
0: This, this is what it is, right? You have to use... Your day job to support your hobby until your hobby becomes your day job. Boom. Well, I mean, that's the, I guess the safest way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I did take a break and it's been like a substantial step out on Faith to kind of, but I needed the time to help curate and actually put together what does Make Me Laugh Media look like. Like, yeah, we tape these specials and yeah... Um, it looks a certain way, but presentation of it, how it's presented, how it's put out, all of that stuff matters in, in the grand scheme of it. And um, I just believe in the quality. Like I said, the money will be there doing this 100% independent. So at this point, it's just about um, continuing to market it and get get the content in, in front in front of as many people as possible and until it catches on. And then, you know,
1: produce and create more. More specials. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. presentations with more, more people. More presentations yeah. with Joel Byers. Is that what <laughs> we're doing Joel Byers' presentation. Yeah, let's do it, my man. Let's do it. You heard it here first. Hey. We'll figure it out how we're gonna make it happen.
0: Okay.
1: That's what's up. Yeah, And maybe a couple of years we'll get it rolled
0: out. Um, shit, hopefully sooner than that, man. Be honest with you. Like, like I, like I've already created the system um, and the right. formula so in investors or or people that want to get into comedy for real for real we could definitely make it happen um and i'm i'm always ready i'm always working so
1: yeah so we just need the, we just need the, we need a plug yeah we need another plug we need the money plug <laughs> right you're the production plug we need right, a money right, plug right, right. all right well you heard it here anybody out there that's rich or well i
0: mean you don't even like the, the what i will say is this like if there's a comedian that would like to invest in themselves um mm-hmm. we can make that happen
1: you know we talk about it what is um how are we is this like 10 grand what are we i would need more than that you'd be more than that yeah you see, see i'm you new to this Joe. <laughs> i yeah i did see it that's why i didn't even know what <laughs> you want to be
0: in the plaza theater on the big screen <laughs> nah, but yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but i did i did oh. I, I took the risk that i took to create the the look like you can, I could, I could have wrote this idea down, right? And you could see it on paper, and a hundred people could see it on paper,
1: and they were like, "Man, that sounds good,"
0: mm-hmm. but nobody's really going to believe
1: it until they see it. I yeah, until I saw it, I was like, "Bruh."
0: So I had to, I had to take a, a gamble to get to the point to say, "Here, here's what this looks like," right? Um, and that's a hundred percent having faith in the talent. Mhm. And, and myself and the, and my team to actually execute this thing. And and I appreciate the talent cuz they really just at this point 100% believe in me. So it's like most of the comedians that I have some sort of relationship with, if I call them and say, "Hey, I'm shooting something." They like they'll show up and not know what it is. Like I yep. I, I produced some um some promotional commercials with Vanessa and Ashima. I don't know if you've seen those. I have those are hilarious. Yeah, so I did those and they showed up and there was there's no script, right? And they really didn't even know what I was going to do with this shit. Like we shot it over, we shot it maybe eight months before it actually came out. Hmm. So they had kind of forgotten about it, so to speak. And then I kind of chopped it up and then I showed both of them like one clip and it was like, oh my God, this shit is hilarious. And so at some point they were watching it new with everybody else whenever I was putting them out.
1: And that's high quality (laughs) production as well.
0: Again, Joe, uh, we all focus on the quality. We focus on the quality and make me laugh. Media um, that is the goal. <laughs> Whether hey, it's the experience, the production, yeah. you have. I just operate. You have to operate at a high level, man. Um, it when you're doing it for yourself it's, I guess, a little different, and you know, it's not money involved per se. Um, maybe I'm sm- spending my own money, so I won't be conscious of that. But when I I work, like I said, in these settings, and the, I work, and the budget might be. or the budget might be a half million dollars, or the budget might be $5 million, up to 30 million. Like, you know what I'm saying, in terms of producing and making content on whatever level I've made it on, you can't, when you're paid for a job, there are no mistakes. Hmm. It's in, in my seat, because everybody comes to me for everything they need, whether it's hire, fire, travel, the schedule, you know what I mean like I can't the everybody's phone number has to be right on the call sheet type of thing exactly and <laughs> attention to detail yeah so um when you I'm able to apply that to to this so it helps make what everything that we're doing with Make Me Laugh Media look that much better but there's you know it's not like a overnight thing like I said we started from a comedy night and then didn't know what we were going to do right so I had to figure out what we was going to do and how that looks and what that looks like five years from now, and that's really that really was the goal. Like once "Make Me Laugh Monday" stopped, like I said, when you don't own the building, you just have a night. And when it stopped, I was like, "Damn, we've been here like five years. Shit, I don't want another five years to go by, and we don't have nothing to show for it." Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it, you know, you kept propelling, and now you create new goals. Like, what does another five years in me doing the business of comedy really look like?
1: What so, does that look like?
0: Um, well, we have these presentations out right now. Right, I have a monthly night at the Relapse Theater with Kedar. Uh, we call it the Basement. That's great. Um, I have we did a Aries as Fuck Kickback. I was part of that with Ronnie Jordan, Tyler, dope. Od. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another kickback coming up. We'll probably make that like a monthly series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just continuing to create platforms for opportunity to be seen for people to come out have a good time and just really kind of start to. Help other comics create the independence behind their brand. Um,
1: independence, like outside of like a Netflix, you're trying to become almost your own your own channel, almost of talent. Well, well, yeah, more like a hub because a lot of times
0: people ask me about like what do you do? I manage comedians and all that, and I I don't want to manage your day to day, you know, schedule or make sure you make your shows on time and you right. know your flights and all that. I do that for work already, so. Um, humbly speaking, until you can afford such a thing <laughs> with yeah. me, then it doesn't make sense for me to take away from what I'm doing to help you. And you're not all the way in that space. But while you're in the space that you're in, let's figure out what we can create to help get you there. Because oh. I would love to stop working and doing what I'm doing to go on the road with whomever.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. But it just has to
0: make sense that we go back to the money part.
1: Yep the the equalizer, I guess. But quality will lead, I feel like for, for anything I'm doing, first, I, I can't help it. I love that. It. Yeah, I can't help it. Yeah, me too. I agree. So that's that's why I had you on here, man, because you're doing all these cool things and nobody's well now you're now they're starting to become a face to the the brand or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A I mean, little
0: you know, connection. All in time, Joel. It's not my decision.
1: <laughs> you're doing it, man. Thanks you know? for and thanks for doing this. Thank you. you know, Thank you for having it. me. Like I said, uh, I'm
0: very humbled by this, man.
1: I, no, please. The, the pleasure is all mine. Seriously, you've got a great story. You're making a big impact on Atlanta comedy, which is what I have a passion for, but also just the comedy world in general and how you said the shockwaves would be felt when you were at like in L.A. or New York. They, people know about Atlanta comedy and you're a part of that. So we appreciate it. Absolutely. So before we get out of here, uh, is there anything else you want the world to know?
0: Almost sober, out right now. Um, hi, I'm Tyler. Out right now. Make Me Laugh Media. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Make Me Laugh Media. Just search it. It'll pop up. That'll be great. We appreciate it. All the support. We're at the basement um, at Relapse Theater once a month, hosted by Kedar. Kedar is a great guy. I like him, by the way.
1: Great dude. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I did that show in April. It was awesome. Yes, yes, you did. It's
0: great. Joe smashed them up as normal. I got, I got, I, <laughs> I got some clips coming out too. So be on the lookout oh, for wow. those. Follow me on Instagram. Uh-huh. Make Me Laugh Media. Um, you'll see some clips I got with Joe.
1: i am probably give him a sneak peek when this is over. Oh, that's what's up. Sweet. I am looking forward to it. Well, Rod Rose, thanks for being on Hot Breath, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. My oh, man. All right. In the presence of greatness. Hot Breath. There you go, Hot Brethren and Sisterin. And the one and only Rod Rose dropping straight dimes on you here on Hot Breath, episode 131. It was cool to talk to him. That's the longest I've ever really talked to him. But it was cool to even talk after and him even open up more. You know, He mentioned behind the scenes, being on the TV production side. And he was just talking about how much social media can influence how people get hired now, which kind of blew his mind. And really, it wasn't really a surprise to me because you hear that. But then to actually hear somebody on the production side being like, yeah, TV shows are literally looking for followers now. But... That being said, just like in this interview, how he was all more about creating quality content, you know, really focusing on the quality more than the money, and then let the opportunity come to that quality as opposed to the short term gain of money. Invest in the long term, which is what Rod's doing, which is what I'm doing. And hopefully it's inspiring you to do the same, to with everything happening now in the microwaved content and everybody's wanting the quick, quick, quick fix, hopefully now there may be a new shift into, you know, the more quality, the the more fermented content that requires a lot of thought and time to actually process and experience and really um, grow with you. So that's what this podcast has done since day one is really just trying to grow with my career and all my curiosities. And hopefully it's helped your career as well. Whether you are a fan or a fellow comic out there on the grind, I'm hoping that this podcast can provide some levity and inspiration and just education along the way. So if you do, please let me know. If you do enjoy it, you know, last week's with Dusty Slay has gotten a ton of great feedback Dusty was sharing the interview. A lot of new comics were reaching out to me about the interview. It was very exciting if you haven't heard that one. But it's really all about, like you know, Rod said, surrounding yourself with successful people. So I like to surround myself with people I can learn from and have mutual feelings and uh, aspirations. And that's why we're here in the Hot Breathiverse. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I got to say, this interview... Has inspired me to um, look into getting a comedy presentation done, if you will, not a comedy special, comedy presentation. But another cool thing Rod said, as he was showing me around the studio, is he's not only just doing specials, but he's actually like empowering the comics to take on the producer role. So, like he mentioned in the interview, but then even after he talked about if like Tyler's. Tyler uh, Chronicles special he shot or Vanessa Fraction special he shot, which have both both of them have been on Hot Breath and were amazing interviews. But he talked about how they would be almost producers, they would be producers in the production from what music is playing, what kind of food they were serving, just all the intricacies to really tailor to being more than just a comedian. Because being one thing is not enough. You know, if you're a stand-up, Somebody may see you on stage and then be like, okay, cool. What else are you doing? It's like, do you have a pilot? Do you have a podcast? Do you have a ske- uh, any sketches? You can see me. Where else can I see you? Cool. You do this one thing, but what else do you do? That's a big lesson I've learned in doing this podcast. So what else are you doing? Challenge yourself this week to really think about that. And what else can you do or what else do you aspire to do? And let me know how that goes for you. Reach out if you have any questions. I'm an open book. I'm always happy to help any way I can. At Joel Byers Comedy is all my social media. At Hot Breath Pod is where I'm posting these video clips daily. I'm rolling out content on the Instagram there and the Facebook. And uh, joelbyerscomedy.com is the website if you want to check out where I'll be performing. My schedule's on there. There's also a link to the comedy book I wrote. There's also a link to... What else is on my website? Uh, I just posted a new thing about my rates. You know, I do one-on-one writing sessions as well, in addition to... I teach a, a comedy class here. If you're interested here in Atlanta and you're in the area, you want to hop aboard. They've been selling out. The next one starts up in June. I believe it's June uh, 17th will be the next round. So if you want to hop on that one, just... Go to highwirecomedy.com or just hit me up if you have any questions about it. Or, even better, just come see me live. Come meet me. Let's hang out. I host a show every single Wednesday at Java Monkey in Decatur, Georgia. And I just switched up the format to where the comedians perform. And then I interview them after each of their sets. It's a it's a really cool, unique spin on a comedy show that I think adds a a new dynamic to it. Which combines my passions of... Not only learning and comedy, but also interviewing as well. So, love to see you out there. Or if you're looking to perform there, hit me up as well. But this has been a good outro. I'm not trying to brag here. It's maybe my best outro ever. So, my dog's looking at me like, nah, brah, when are you going to walk me? So, <laughs> I should probably go do that. So, shout out to Amon Garner, the engineer of this podcast he keeps all these sounding crystal clear and he's out there just check him out on Facebook Amon Garner or all social media he's out there working with other podcasts now he's producing music albums it's it's so dope to see not only this podcast grow but also seeing the people connected with it grow congratulations to Amon for all he's doing hit him up if you'd like him to start taking care of your podcast or any other audio needs super dope and proud of him and of course, if you've been hearing any of these others, I have to end it by thanking my wife, Erin Byers. She made the theme song for this way back on from day one. And now we've made our own podcast together called Byers Life. If you wanna hear another side of my life, we're actually going through Whole30 right now so you can hear all the travesty that's been going on with that experience <laughs> and get more info on why my dog always looks at me. Like he's disappointed. Uh, his name's Guinness. But anyway, shouts out to everybody, everybody in the Hot Breath Verse. This has been a good one. I hope you learned a lot. Please do share it if you did. Don't keep this a secret. You know, let's grow the Hot Breath Verse. It's time. We've been producing quality content on here. Now it's just it's time to let people know about it. So I love you. And until next Monday right here on Hot Bread!